Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 63 is entitled Self-Reliance, Concept 8, Character. I have selected 10 concepts from Ralph Waldo Emerson's essay, Self-Reliance. Each concept expands the virtues and variations of self-reliance or warns of the vices of the ways we forfeit self-reliance. Concept 1, Blind Obedience. Concept 2, False Charity. Concept 3, Truth. Concept 4, Faith. Concept 5, Nonconformist. Concept 6, To Thine Own Self Be True. Concept 7, Self-Reliance. Concept 8, Character. Concept 9, God. Concept 10, Solitude. In this podcast, we shall continue setting forth Emerson's thoughts on self-reliance by focusing on character. We pass for what we are. Character teaches above our wills. Men imagine that they communicate their virtue or vice only by overt actions and do not see that virtue or vice emit a breath every moment. It is difficult to tie down the meaning of the word character because it is so ambiguous. Character can refer to personality, individuality, disposition, temperament, or essential qualities. She is a genius. Or it can refer to reputation, status, prestige, name. He is a superstar. Or it can refer to a moral component, integrity, honesty, honor, courage, rectitude. He is a person of character. Or it can refer to eccentricities. He is a real oddball. Let's not think of character as reputation, caricature, or personal idiosyncrasies. Though they may affect our perceptions, they do not necessarily define a person's true character. After all, it may, like an actor on a stage, be merely a persona. Let me define character in the following way. Character refers to the essential traits, attributes, or qualities inherent in an individual beyond the projected persona or advertised traits. Character is that person we really are, and not that person we portray when the artificial stage is set and the lights are on. Emerson refers to it as our aboriginal self. Who we really are outlives all performances, all applause, all accolades, and all praise. Character is unscripted, without costume. Character is not that which we present in the present that makes us self-conscious. Character is that which we have become from the thousands of unscripted acts, words, thoughts, works, beliefs, and actions of the past. Character is the ghost of the past that haunts the present and determines our future. We protect our reputation, but our character reveals who we really have been, who we really are, 
and who we will really become. Character is a summation of our desires, the force of our will, the accumulation of our thoughts, our words, our actions, and our beliefs. Our character is the crystal ball of our lives that can only be read by those who seek truth rather than personal gain. Know thyself was prominently inscribed on the Temple of Apollo at Delphi. It could mean know thy measure or know thy character. Our knowledge is revealed by the words that come out of our mouth. Our persona is revealed by the facade we hide behind. But our character is revealed by the silent feelings of our heart. There is where the truth lies. When Emerson said that our character teaches above our wills, perhaps he is referring not to our consciousness, but to our subconsciousness. Sometimes we focus so much upon our body that we forget that we have a soul, an immortal spirit, a divine nature. Emerson said, The power which resides in him is new in nature, and none but he knows what that is, which he can do, nor does he know until he has tried. Not for nothing one face. One character, one fact, makes much impression on him, and another none. This sculpture in the memory is not without pre-established harmony. The eye was placed where one ray should fall, that it might testify of that particular ray. We but half express ourselves, and are ashamed of that divine idea which each of us represents. It is what the Apostle Peter refers to as our divine nature. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world. Through lust. Emerson divides character into two great opposites, virtue and vice. Emerson assumes the existence of absolutes, that there is something called absolute virtue and something called absolute vice. Put another way, absolute good and absolute evil, absolute right and absolute wrong, absolute moral and absolute immoral. Besides, all persons have their moments of reason when they look out into the region of absolute truth. Then will they justify me and do the same thing. In Emerson's definition, although we may hide acts of virtue or acts of vice, we cannot hide our character which is committed to good or evil. Good emits light and evil emits darkness. So, if we take our definition of character above and apply it to Emerson's words, then we better understand the profound depths of what he has said. Will is one of the greatest words in the English language. The only thing that can improve on will is free will. Will is the oldest trait that we have, for it determines who we are and who we will become. Will represents the assertion of consciousness. Without will, there is no purpose to consciousness, but the opposite is also true. Without consciousness, there is no will. What if our consciousness has always existed? What if, like matter and energy, it cannot be created or destroyed, and will is that force that allows consciousness to reach its potential? Will is connected to desire and desires connected to the soul. The wants of the natural man may influence our desires, but the wants of the flesh are illusory and fleeting. 
The soul is immortal, and the soul filters our wants and carries out the desires of our heart. Desire is a want turned into action. Without action, a want will die on the vine like an unwatered plant. Sin is the corruption of desires by caving into the wants of the natural man. Our wants reflect the desires of the flesh. Our desires reflect the wants of our soul. There is a constant struggle between the natural man and the spiritual man. You do not judge a person by his wants. They are systemic to us all. You judge a person by his desires, for there in his words, his thoughts, and his actions, his character lies, as Emerson said. Men imagine that they communicate their virtue or vice only by overt actions, and do not see that virtue or vice emit a breath every moment. If will or consciousness always existed, then God, our divine creator, clothed our intelligence or consciousness, which has no beginning or end, with a spirit body in his image, which never dies, and then clothed our spirit body with a physical body after his likeness. We are told in the Holy Bible that God is the father of our spirits. That means that character began when we were born into the kingdom of heaven. If we accept that God is the father of our spirits, then we must also accept that God organized laws to release our will, giving us free will, thus allowing us to reach our potential. And what is that potential? To become like our father. It was Christ in the Sermon on the Mount who said, Be therefore perfect, even as your father which is in heaven is perfect. Everything God does appears to advance our free will. Everything Satan does appears to take away our free will. Consider the great opposites, good and evil, freedom and captivity, order and chaos, law and lawlessness, God and Satan. According to Emerson, our character is revealed through virtue and vice, good and evil, moral and immoral. Growth can only come in the cosmic conflict of opposites. Without opposition, there is no potential for growth. In fact, there is no potential at all for everything would be stalemated, inert, motionless. What if our true self is not just our spirit or our body? What if it is will plus consciousness plus spirit plus body fighting in a world of opposites that form our character? That is why God sent us to earth where we would have a choice between Christ and Satan, good and evil, freedom and captivity. If we partner with God, our actions will be good. If we partner with Satan, our actions will be evil. Our character is measured by where we are on the spectrum. Neither character nor free will can develop without opposition. Nature is the model. What if character has followed us through the eternities of the past and will go with us into the eternities of the future? What if God is the architect of our spirit and our body, but because of free will, which is made possible by law and agency, which is made possible by the atonement of Jesus Christ, we are the architects of our own future. We are the product of our desires and our character represents the totality of who we are in any given stage of our eternal journey through our choices. Mortality is the shortest part of that journey. Of all living creatures, we are the youngest on this earth. We are the latecomers. But of the creatures of the universe, we are the oldest. Before the earth, before the solar system, before the galaxy, before the Big Bang, we were. Eternity is a very long time, so we must ask, what is our potential? Christ made a startling statement to the Jews who wanted to stone him for saying he was the Son of God. John ten thirty four through 38 Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my Father. 
For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, Ye are gods? If he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the Father hath sanctified, and sent into the world, thou blasphemest. Because I said, I am the Son of God, if I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though ye believe me not, believe the works, that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me, and I in him. Jesus is referring to the words of King David. Psalms 82, 6 I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. It is clear that as children of the Most High, meaning the children of God, our potential is to become like our Father in heaven, John tells us. 1 John 3, 2-3 Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, and every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Without will, there is no purpose for existence. Free will refers to the ability to reach our potential and become what we desire to become. The primary difference between man and all other living things is potential. Nothing can rise higher than its potential. If you measure character by reputation, status, standing, position, station, name, notability, prestige, fame, renown, distinction, or worth, then you are like most of the world who seeks merely to quantify people. Those traits are easier to imitate. They are cheaply made and cheaply worn, and like all other temporal things, will turn to dust. You are imitating an imitation sustained by an illusion, an empty applause marked by bank accounts and trophies and plaques and certificates and hollow praise. True character can only be measured by the gap between what one is and by what one may become, the difference between one's mortal nature and one's divine nature, between that which one leaves on earth when one dies and that which one takes with him into eternity. Character cannot be separated from truth. With that in mind, look again at Emerson's words. Character teaches above our wills. Character has three layers. Character is our intelligence or consciousness. Character is our immortal spirit. Character is our physical body. In our fallen world, there is a constant battle between the natural man, desires of the flesh, and the spiritual man, desires of the spirit, which is to become like our Heavenly Father. Through this conflict, character is born, character is developed, and that character is revealed. Because we have free will, we may choose whom to follow, our natural desires or our spiritual desires, good or evil. God or Satan, order or chaos. No wonder our character teaches above our will. Character is a product of our free will, which is governed by our competing desires. We are the sum of our desires made concrete through our choices. Now let's add Emerson's entire statement. Character teaches above our wills. Men imagine that they communicate their virtue or vice only by overt actions and do not see that virtue or vice emit a breath 
every moment. Everybody has an intelligence or consciousness or will, and everybody has a spirit body, and everybody has a physical body. Otherwise, there would be no human connections. That which you do not have the potential for, you cannot comprehend, nor can you become. Physical body communicates with physical body. Spirit body communicates with spirit body. Intelligence communicates with intelligence. We may change like a chameleon, but our true character will always emerge and show who we really are. Our character is based on our desires, and action reveals our desires. Emerson said, The objection to conforming to usages that have become dead to you is that it scatters your force. It loses your time and blurs the impression of your character. But do your work, and I shall know you. In Shakespeare's play, Hamlet, Hamlet decries those things that prevent action. Thus conscience does make cowards of us all, and thus the native hue of resolution is sickled o'er with the pale cast of thought. And enterprises of great pith and moment with this regard, their currents turn awry and lose the name of action. Speaking of the true man, Emerson said, Ordinarily, everybody in society reminds us of somewhat else, or of some other person. Character, reality, reminds you of nothing else. It takes place of the whole creation. The man must be so much that he must make all circumstances indifferent. Every man is a cause, a country, and an age, requires infinite spaces, and numbers and time fully to accomplish his design, and posterity seem to follow his steps as a train of clients. I saw Linda conclude this podcast with Emerson's own call to action. Always scorn appearances, and you always may. The force of character is cumulative. All the foregone days of virtue work their health into this. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.